Hey guys, it's AJ from the Ginger and the Beer podcast. Really quick before we start the episode, I really want to call out a fundraiser that we are partnering with other podcasters to promote. It's called Casting for a Cause. We're raising money for the Salvation Army. Obviously, it's been a tough year. 2020 has put a lot of families in a hard spot. So this money is going to help those who need to provide for their kids. Guys, Beard here as well, casting for a cause. Yeah, 2020 has been really rough. You guys know with COVID and everything else, people, you know, getting laid off. Um, So every child also deserves to feel the joy of unwrapping a gift. I know I did when I was a kid, and I'm sure most of you did as well. Um, And it's the holiday season. We just want to give back. So again, we teamed up with a group of podcasters to raise some funds for these children in need uh, going through uh, Salvation Army. Yeah. So uh, let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, it's Friday, December 11th, 2020. Welcome to episode 44 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. And on this week's show, we'll be drinking and reviewing a couple of delicious craft beers, talking about cuts to the UFC roster, and recapping a vicious slam KO. Ooh. We'll also be discussing UFC's health insurance policy and AR experience on Mount Kilimanjaro nailed it and the phenomenal success cyberpunk 2077 has already seen but before we get started i want to remind you all to subscribe on youtube follow us on spotify and if you really want to help us grow please tell a friend to check us out yes and make sure to check out the youtube chapters or the timestamps in the description if you'd like to skip around to your favorite topics all right man we got a lot to cover tonight so let's get into this how was your week sir Oh man, week was good. A L- little less stressful than last week, um, but it 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 uh it kind of drug on. So I'm excited the weekend is here. Had some nice weather today. My wife and I got out and had a little half day date and uh, had some drinks and went out and did some fun stuff. But um, this evening a turn turn for the worst. Found out I had a leak under my sink. Oof. No bueno in the kitchen. Oof. So you know I don't. Why is it that under the sink storage is a thing? Now that I think about this. It's like common to store things under your sink where there's a high potential for leakage. Um, So doesn't make sense, right? We had a leak and we lost. How did it taste? Well, it smelled not pleasant. So I decided not to taste it this time around, but maybe next time I'll give it a taste. (laughs) Um, We lost some precious, precious items in in the leak. And those items were paper towels. Oh no! Four rolls, four jumbo rolls of paper towels. Well, it could have been soaked. toilet paper. You know, yeah. I mean, both of those precious commodities in 2020 it turns out. Yeah. Um, so with the spike of COVID, it's getting harder and harder to find these things. In fact, we tried going to Target earlier today, and the line was like almost like to the back of the building. Like it, it was insane. Um, yeah. So they're at li- limiting people coming in, I suppose. And uh, people are rushing in to stock up for the weekend to make sure they have plenty of paper for their booties and paper for their face. Um, So anyways, that was a bummer for the evening. But other than that, man, it's been a pretty good week. How about you? Booty paper, man. That's what we need these days. (laughs) All the booty paper. Um, (laughs) Episode title. Yeah, episode of the title. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm just so happy this week's over. It's It's been a nightmare. Um, I was supposed to have a half day today and, uh, you know, one thing led to another, it was scheduled, you know, I, we had a contractor show up to look at our foundation 
and um you know they were here they they took a look at it and it was bad um, so not gonna i've already told you but not not gonna tell the stream it was bad and uh <clears throat> um and then yeah i got back to went back to work and like just everything was i don't know man i don't know something was in the Chaos. air today it was it was a one of those days that like just everything that could have went wrong went wrong yeah um and we're already kind of seeing it here because we started the 20 minutes late so it's like <laughs> carrying on over man i is it I a think, full moon what is it a full moon outside we should I, check yeah man it's a full something full of shit day that's for sure <laughs> um yeah but i don't know uh hopefully the rest of the night's gonna be great i know we're gonna play some video games much needed um and i just can't wait to crack this beer oh my friend i feel the same as you let's get into it Wait, hold on. Hold on, AJ. I'm sorry. Uh oh. I'm going to have to edit this in post. It's all good, dude. Where is it? Say that again. Say, let's get into it again. All right, man. Well, I'm excited too. Let's get into it. All right, sir. Let's start with you, man. What you drinking? All right, man. I've got something that it's been in my fridge for, I don't know, like two to three months at this point. Another beer from my Asheville trip with, with my wife. Um, I've been saving it because I wanted to do like a full-blown review of this thing on the website. And I've just never found the time to do so, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's the Rhymes with Purple coming to us from, hopefully I'm saying this right, Bramari, which is a brewery in Asheville. Um, very unique, interesting brewery. Uh, they've got like some cultural sort of like influences and culinary vibes. And um, I, I've been like really excited to drink this one for a long time. It's kind of hard to see in the video here, but because it, it's such a reflective design, but a very interesting, intricate design. Purple, obviously, you know, hence the name. This was so on one this... of your uh, earlier. We, we did a vote on this one not too long ago, right? We did. It's been in the polls, but it did not get chosen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to go ahead and crack this bad boy open. I actually picked this up from a local bottle shop in Asheville. I never actually made it to Bramari, um, the brewery, but the guy at the bottle shop highly recommended this. And he, he said this thing's solid blue. So I'm excited to pour this out and see the color of this thing. But it's a Berliner Weiss. Not saying that in the proper German pronunciation. Berliner sure. Weiss. Berliner Weiss. We should get our get our guy Sebastian Wolfram back on the show and tell us how it's done. But uh, it's a uh, Berliner Weiss style ale with boysenberry, elderberry, black currant, blackberry, raspberry, blueberry, lactose, and vanilla. <laughs> Man, that is a lot of ingredients. So let's go ahead and give this guy a pour and see what it looks like. Now this is like a summer kind, summertime kind of beer. Whoa, hey, is that vampire? Are you a vampire? <laughs> it looks like you you might be drinking some blood, dude. Yeah, the video feed has it a little bit more saturated than it actually is, but it looks like a it's it almost looks like a wine. I don't know anything about wines. I'm not even gonna try to say what type of wine it looks like, but it looks like a red wine almost. Definitely not the blue that I was expecting talking to the guy at the bottle shop. But again, it's kind of been sitting in my fridge for a couple of months, and I'm not sure how that impacts the color of these things. But um, 
Berliner Weiss, I had to do a little bit of research. I don't know exactly what that is. So I looked it up and typically these are low in alcohol, which makes sense. This is a 5.4, excuse me, percent ABV. Um, very tart. A lot of brewers add exotic fruits to it, which given that description, I think we can, uh, you know, say that this is one of those. And low residual sugars. It has that lactose added in there. And we've talked about before how lactose when added to beers is is there for the sole purpose of two things, I believe, mouthfeel and also um, the sugar content because the brewer's yeast cannot break down lactose, the sugar in lactose. Well, I guess lactose technically is a sugar. Um, and so that just contributes to the sweetness, which is why it's used in like milkshake IPAs and, and things like that. So with all that said, let's give it a sniff. Yeah, this is like your summer shandy kind of beer. You know, yeah, it, it definitely is was supposed to be a summer beer, but here we are in December and we're going to drink it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the nose, definitely pick up a little bit on that lactose, that sweetness um, that you kind of find in some of these sour, these like sour milkshake, um, these, these sour milkshake beers. A little bit, a little bit of tartness and, and fruit, but honestly, not as like extreme you know fruitiness that i was expecting with that list of ingredients but smells smells quite nice as you can see nice red reddish sort of hue to it no little to no head there on the top um you know pretty light so let's go ahead and give it a sip it's like a light pink head on there you know my brother and i used to take a berliner weiss and just dump Mm. uh lemon uh lemonade right into them that sounds interesting it was it's a summer shandy basically it's really good that's really good man i think you would really love this one and this is definitely a summertime beer but wow it packs a punch man it almost like it almost comes off to me as like a juice in a sense like a very tart like juice that you would get out of a bottle yeah. um you know from the grocery store like the, the alcohol content you know, at five point four percent, kind of moderate, but like really, it doesn't register at all. I think it's just overpowered by the fruitiness. Is um, is is there any like bitterness to it at all, or is it all just pretty much tart and sweet? Yeah, I'm not picking up on any bitterness. Um, you know, the Berliner Weiss is not meant is not known for you know its hoppiness and and things like that, but it definitely it's sweet on the front and definitely tart on the back. It's almost like a a drying sort of mouthfeel, but very light bodied, really easy drinker. Um, I could definitely see myself sitting outside with some heat and having one of these. Um, yeah, man, overall, this is really, really good. I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I have not drank this before now when it's 50 degrees currently outside, but you know, it is what it is. Life gets ahead of us, gets away from us. Um, but yeah, I definitely pick up on that lactose sweetness it's got a nice coating mouth mouthfeel drying on the finish. Uh, very sweet up front. And uh, I mean, obviously with all those berries combined, I'm not going to be able to pick one out. I don't think, but it's just like a, a melding of berry juice flavor. Um, it's like a fruit punch almost. So yeah, very nice stuff. I kind of wish now I, I would have made it to Bramari to see what else they have cooking up in there. Um, I hear they have very good food also, but unfortunately we just didn't make it there. So on the next Asheville trip, we keep talking about this bro trip. One day we're going to do a bro trip to Asheville and uh, it'll be a stop on the list for sure. Nice. Is it like, what is, what does Bramari mean? Do you know? Honestly, I'm you, not sure. Um, I'm almost like, I want to, I almost, I'm just like interested to know. Cause it sounds like 
you know, Indian, you it, know, the, you know, the design and things that they have, um, you know, for the brewery are, do kind of give some of those like Indian cultural vibes. So, yeah. um, I wonder if there's, if we have a brewer from, you know, Indian uh, descent in our midst, midst here. It's definitely possible. You know, actually we had some Indian food for lunch today and uh, the Ooh. restaurant we were at serves Indian beer. And I was like, oh man, I should get some like to go Indian beer. Just I've never had it. Indian beer. Yeah, exactly. I wonder Just if it's like a it. pils. Was it like a pilsner? I didn't actually have any there. I, I heard that they sold it, but I never like got any myself. Hmm. Yeah, I would so, wanna, I'd want to try that too. See what they're working with. Yeah, I, I feel like it's probably just going to be like a domestic kind of style, though. You know. Probably so. Be interesting to try. But what about yeah. you, man? What do you got tonight? I hear you got something quite tasty for us. Well, sir. Um, I've been wanting to have one of these for a long time now, but uh, we got ourselves a maple bacon breakfast stout. Mm-hmm. And you can see they got a cast iron skillet on the front there with some eggs. And uh, they look like mountains, but I think they almost represent bacon, just like interlaced bacon. So uh, Nice. Very yeah. clever design. Right. I, I like it. Coming at you from uh, uh, <clears throat> Brothers Craft Brewing Company. Um, it says Merge Coffee on the front of it, so I don't know what that means. Um, brewed, bottled in the Blue Ridge by Brothers Craft Brewing Company, uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, that's actually not too far from me. I might have to go check these guys out sometime. Anyway. I think you've had a Brothers Craft on the show before. I think you're right. I'm pretty darn sure you're right. You know what I forgot again? Oh, no. The bottle (laughs) opener. (laughs) The infamous bottle opener. Use your teeth. No, no. I'm I'm away from those days. I'm going to use this (laughs) thing right here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If you guys are not watching the YouTube video. Yeah. Now, now of all times. Does what this, even does is that? Double? Oh my god! This doubles as a can opener. Yes. <laughs> that thing like looks like it's straight out of like World of Warcraft or something. What is that? It's a dagger from I don't know. Like my uncle bought it for me like ten years ago, and I've just had it laying around forever. So now I have wow. a use for it. There you go. <laughs> this is my new can opener. I can see the clip now. The beard pops a bottle with a dagger. <laughs> I don't know where the cap went, but uh, anyway, um, so this is 10 and a half ABV. Oh. So, uh, yeah, man, um, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> um, so let me go ahead and read what they got on their website. We've jam-packed this hefty stout with all the sweet and savory flavors of a hearty country breakfast. Smoked malt and a drizzle of rich maple syrup impart the essence of your favorite cured meats. And as with any good morning meal... We've rounded out this rich, I'm sorry, we've rounded out this beer with rich, cold-brewed coffee from our friends at Blue Elk Coffee Coffee Company. So that's what they mean by merge coffee. A delectable Mm. pour, as suitable to start a day as it is to end one. Take me there. Let's go ahead and give it a pour. I love when companies advertise beer for breakfast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the breakfast of champions there. Uh, Okay. So we're talking pitch black. Oh yeah, black is night. Got a good pour on it. Uh, we got fairly, uh, fairly. Um, <clears throat> the bubbles are all fairly unique. There's like they're almost all unique. So it's um, not unique, not unique, uniform. 
the, yeah, op- yeah. the opposite of unique. They're all uniform. <laughs> uh, so that's a good sign. So it's black as night. The the head on top is your typical stout kind of color. It's a little bit lighter, um, actually, for a for a stout. So that's interesting. A lot of nice foamy head, though. Uh, so that's good. Let's go ahead and smell it real quick. Yep. Um, very malty. Very malty. I'm, I'm basically just getting dry roasted malts right now. Um, I'm not getting any bacon flavor. You know, it just kind of... Um, gives you uh, what you would expect um you know it's it's just just malt essentially so man i was hoping it was gonna smell like sizzling a pan of sizzling hey second smell second smell we got some bacon we got some bacon fat coming through hold on now that's very interesting maybe that was the power of influence or maybe that was actually (laughs) bacon in my nose that was Um, your brain i think it might have been my brain dude but um no nah, man, that's I got a, a very, very slight smell of bacon. So let's go ahead and sip her. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, certainly the roasted malts. I I think that's clear. Um, not a very not a lot of sweetness on this. Um, this one has a a very slight smoky taste to it um and uh just barely on the aftertaste there you can get the bacon it kind of it kind of took me on a little bit of a journey where i went from you know basically just tasting the the roasted malts um to getting more of a smoky flavor and then you know while i was sipping while i was enjoying the smoky flavor it kind of turned into bacon for me so you know maybe it's the power of influence maybe i'm getting better at this um, but that was yeah, an, en- what your, your taste buds are like, they're, uh, they're becoming more experienced. I think they are. I think they are. The second sip was, uh, was, um, I didn't, I didn't get any bacon on the second sip. That was, that was just malt. So not so, overpoweringly sweet with that maple. No, dude, I didn't get any maple. I didn't get any maple. This is not sweet at all. I didn't get any sweetness out of this. So I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. Really. I'm just trying to be honest here. I didn't get any sweetness. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I guess it did say just a drizzle. Yeah. I, I think a drizzle. Uh, drizzle of rich maple, just a drizzle. So yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm still a Padawan. I got to work on my, on my Jedi tasting powers, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, still enjoyable, I would say. Um, you know, you can't ask for much from a small brewery, right? I think they did a great job on this and uh I, you know, I would drink it again. I think it was I think it's a good beer. I think they did a good job. So yeah. Um cheers to them. Uh the feel nice. of it is uh certainly a a very uh medium body. Um not really sticking to my mouth at all, I would say, but uh you know, kind of sticks to the glass a little bit. You know, um uh, it's a, it's a hearty beer though. I, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, overall, like I said, I would drink it again. Um, and I would share it with others. Yeah, man. It sounds delicious. I'm, I'm all about trying these stouts this year. I'm, I'm trying my best to like make sure I'm sticking with the season and get, I have a couple of porters and stouts in, in the fridge right now. And, uh, maple is a, is a theme I'm seeing, you know, I mean, always has been, but I, uh, picked up that, well, you, you and I both did that Christmas pancakes, 
um, stout from mm. Hardywood. <clears throat> oh, talking about was... maple overload. Now that's maple. You can tell that. <laughs> yeah, you drink one of those, you know, you know, you're eating pancakes because they taste Have just like a little like bit pancakes. of beer with your maple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I've got one. I think I had it on the show. That, like, oh, was it last week? Uh, sticky buns. Yeah, that was a lot of sweetness in that bad boy too. So, yep, yep. I think it's all about the balance. Really, for me, like I, I don't like them overly sweet or you know overly uh i don't know i guess well, what's they, the opposite of sweet well if they market it as sweet and it's not sweet right yeah true, true that's exactly that's the opposite it's either it's overly sweet or they tell you it's sweet and it's not right yeah yeah nice you know. man yeah so anyway um that was fun um let's talk about the ufc let's do it no no segue at all let's get into it <laughs> Boom. All right, man. Take take me there. What's Uncle Dana got for me? All right, man. Well, if you guys haven't seen already, we've got a series of UFC cuts to the roster. Definitely wow. not the best thing to hear about, but Uncle Dana's laying down the law. I mean, you know it's coming. It's 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 it's, it's a thing that's got to happen once in a while in order to uh, you know, allow the cream to rise to the top, I guess. Um, yeah. While you're so, while you're talking, I'm reading this list. Sorry, listeners, but this is my first time seeing this list. I'm a bit yeah. shocked by some of these. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And um, you know, the, I think it, it it became big news earlier this week when Yoel Romero was le- released, um, and then even more recently than that, Anthony Rumble Johnson was released. Um, Anthony Rumble Johnson has gone on already to sign with Bellator. And then Yo Romero, obviously, they, he, they, they, I'm not sure he's signed with anybody yet, but I think may, may be in talks with a different promotion. Um, but yeah, they're just two on a, on a list that's quite long already. I mean, throughout the year, there's been quite a load of cuts. But Dana, after Yo Romero's news broke, said that there could be upwards of 60 more before the end of the year. Yeah. Mind you, we are in December. Um, so they're coming in fast and furious. I, I was looking through a long list today. I think the list was like close to 80 fighters long and it, and it, you know, it was from like January to now. So it was the entire year. But some of those that stood out to me as like the bigger names in the sport, Yoel Romero, Corey Anderson, obviously left a little bit earlier this year. Uh, Rumble Johnson, as I mentioned, Max Roshkoff. If you remember, he the, he's the one that let, that they let go when he kind of like threw in the towel in air quotes um, after the second round of his, I think it was his debut fight or his second fight. Um, Juicier Formiga, John Dodson, James Vick, all big names, uh, guys that have been around for a long time. Um, and, and they've, they've been cut. So there's a lot of speculation, obviously, you know, when you think about this kind of stuff uh, and the times that we're in and what's going on in the world and all these businesses shutting down, you start to question like, Hey man, is, is the money getting tight for Dana? Is the money getting tight for Dana White? That rhymes. Um, but (laughs) According to Dana, obviously he likes to manage his perceptions. Um, he said it has nothing to do with fighter pay or you know being tight on money. He said if he needed to save money, he would have been laying people off throughout the year, and, and they have not laid a single employee off, I do believe, um, since coronavirus. And that's something that they've pride themselves on. Um, and I think that's great. But he said it's simply just because the, the roster is inflated. Um, and along with that, uh, you know, he's got that show. Dana White's contender series, right? Yep. Um, where they essentially sometimes sign multiple fighters in one night. And so in order to bring in this new talent and continue to promote people and move them up, they got to get, they got to trim the fat for lack of a better term. So, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's something that's got to happen. 
Yeah, no, I think um, I, you know, I don't think there's anything curious about this, really. I think this is just kind of standard. They keep they have a lot of people and they got to keep cycling them out because they want the best fighters. Right. And if they bring somebody in and they don't start moving up the ranks immediately, then, you know, there's this might not be the place for them. They want to they want to keep giving new people opportunities to see, are you going to be the best? We don't know yet. Let's throw you in there with the best. And if you right. can, you know, start beating the best and become one of the best, then we'll keep you. Otherwise, yep. you know, move along. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think nothing really alarming to your point. But uh, one other guy that got released was Matt Wyman, um, a name that we may be familiar with. Why, he's man? Th- why, man? Um, you want to know why he got cut? Because he's on a three-fight skid. He's Oof. on a three-fight loss skid right now. Um, and his last one coming just this past weekend. If you have not seen this video yet, Sir Beard, I advise you to click that YouTube link and check this out. It's a very quick clip. Um, right, and right. while you're while you're checking that out, I'll go ahead and, and give a, uh, a description of what's happening here. But uh, yeah, so this past weekend, UFC Fight Night in, in Vegas, Jordan Levitt, a relative newcomer to the UFC, Fought Matt Wyman, and uh, very early in the first round, he wrapped up. Oh. You know, got got a double a double uh, leg takedown. Essentially, he picked him up, was carrying Matt Wyman across the octagon to his own corner so that he could hear his coaches. And once he got to his corner, he brutally slams Matt Wyman on the side of his head, head to head to canvas, and, and Wyman instantly. Lights out, eyes crossed, legs stiff. Um, I mean, it was it was just vicious, and with nobody in the arena, and being so quiet, um, it was just silence in the arena, and it was like kind of hard to watch. So let me get your let me get your reactions now, seeing that that clip. I'm just so impressed by by Jordan Levitt, dude, because like that's not easy to do. What he just like. The way that he put his arm on top of his head and just like slammed it even more into the ground. Um, I don't think that this slam um, warrants any type of disqualification. I don't think that this type of slam is something that people should be worried about. I think that this is a legit slam completely should be legal should always be legal this is probably one of the better ways to get slammed actually oh yeah one of the safer ways um i have a wrestling background and so you know in high school if you slammed somebody even if you slammed them like this it was a disqualification there was there were no slams allowed right um but some people you know people are humans They'll slam, they'll slam each other because either they don't like you, something you did, whatever, maybe, you know. Um, So if you get picked up and you get slammed on your head, something that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, Fedor Emelianenko fight. Um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name right now, but he slammed him right on his head. Top of the head. And um, that's that that's the dangerous stuff because you could snap your neck, you know, you could you know, uh, you know, break some vertebrae and it's just, uh, that's, that's the one that you want to stay away from. I think that slams like that, if they're not already illegal should definitely be illegal. But I, you know, I've seen, you know, even, uh, Daniel Cormier, he had a lot of slams when, when, when he was in and some of his were a bit scary. Nobody got hurt, but there's definitely potential that somebody could have got hurt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all remember Nama Yunez Rose getting, getting KO by Jessica and Draj, very similar situation. 
Perfect. Um, That's a perfect example. I don't think slams like that should be legal. Yeah, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, she that one was very scary. Like her neck was cranked and everything. Like she could have easily broken something. Um, <clears throat> but in the defense of the person who's performing the slam, it's like, what else are you supposed to do in that situation? When Rose in that scenario was trying to get a, uh, I think she was trying to get an arm bar while being, you know, locked up and, and about to get slammed. I think she was trying to fall into an arm bar. Um, yeah. Or it might have been a triangle. I can't remember exactly. But I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was a Kimura or an Americana. A I think it was a Kimura though. Yeah, it was something. She was trying to basically pull a submission, and then like she was expecting to get slammed, but she thought she was gonna fall into a submission, but um, didn't work out obviously. And that one was pretty brutal. But it's like if you're Andrade in that situation, you've got somebody pull tugging on your arm, and you know that's what their plan is. Like, what else are you gonna do? Um, yeah. So, but this one, I mean, obviously. If you guys haven't seen the clip, I highly recommend you go check it out on YouTube. Um, you can you can find it pretty easily. You know, Jordan Levitt, basically he was asked after the he was asked after the 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 fight took place, you know, did he plan for that to happen? And I think he said he didn't necessarily plan for it to happen, but he had seen people perform that slam before and essentially he had time to kind of frame up as as Reese said, on Matt Wyman's jaw essentially he had his forearm placed like on his jaw almost so when he slammed him down you know he matt wyman didn't even have the opportunity to brace for impact essentially like he wasn't able to lift his head up to avoid hitting the canvas it was just straight up temple to canvas um and so a little bit safer as you're saying because his neck wasn't cranked it was just straight up a head head but obviously that i mean that's instant concussion most likely um and yeah. it was pretty hard to watch. Like it took a while for him to recover from that. And and uh, Jordan Levitt, if you guys haven't watched him, you know his his post fight, you know uh, interview. He's a very respectable guy and seems like a very nice dude. Um, he even went over to Matt Wyman's wife outside of the octagon after it happened, while he was still recovering and waking up, and like went over and apologized to his wife. And his wife apparently was like, you know, hey, it's a fight game. We know how it goes. Um, so. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I agree. It it that that slam totally legal. Um you know, should all head slam all slams be illegal? I I'm not really sure. But uh that was a pretty pretty um impressive showing for Jordan, I would say. Yeah. So, um kind of segueing off of that, you know, head slams can certainly do a lot of damage, potentially permanent damage. Um you know, the damage that's done with a head slam would be covered um, with UFC's health insurance policy as it stands and any other type of damage while you're under contract with the UFC. So um, what we're talking about right now is their long term health insurance um, regarding UFC fighters. It's not it's not around right now. So the UFC typically, you know, they'll pay for it if their contracted athletes suffer an injury um, during training or in the octagon. Uh, but when it comes time for the fighters to, you know, leave their contract, retire, you know, move to another promotion, promotion, whatever it is, um, it's a little bit more unclear at that point. And uh, there's potential, high potential that they won't get any support later on. So if they have, you know, a back injury, a neck injury, spinal injury, whatever, brain, to, whatever, man, you know, 10 years down the line, you know, they have these lasting, this lasting damage that has been dealt to them. 
and they don't have any health insurance. They have to either get it from another job that they're working. And you know, a lot of these fighters aren't working your average Joe jobs, right? No, they're fighters. Definitely not. They're either working at gyms or, you know, maybe they got lucky to got a, get a commentary job or, you know, or, you know, something like that. So, you know, you got to kind of feel bad for these guys. They don't have any support when they leave the UFC. And so fighters are coming out and saying, hey, uh, you know, what happens later on? You know, when you did, <laughs> when when you dump me, when you're done using my body for money, are you going to are you going to pay for the the repercussions that I that I have, you know, to deal with here? All the knee surgeries, shoulder surgeries, all that stuff right now, it's not paid for. I personally think there should be at least some coverage for these fighters if they've been in the UFC and they didn't get disqualified, they didn't do anything, you know, bad, then then I think they should get some type of coverage. Right. What do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um I know it's a topic that's come up, you know, pretty often. But, you know, I, I'm curious, I, I'm not researched enough on this topic. I, I'm curious like what other professional leagues how they handle this like the nfl or nba or anything like that like do they have long-lasting residual health insurance from that because those guys have suffered from cte and everything obviously as well well they also get paid like millions of dollars good point fair point definitely so it's Um, like it doesn't matter for them these guys that are only getting paid like you know twenty thirty thousand dollars a fight if they're lucky yeah they're not you know they don't got the dollars to put into investments and you know yep. take care of them forever yeah no that's a fair point um and but then again on the other fl- on the flip side of that it's like you know let's just say i work a job for i don't know ups or something and i'm loading trucks all day every day and then i get fired or leave my job or something and then i have lasting back injury back pain from like picking up boxes all day every day like does the does ups cover me 10 years later, you know, I don't know. Like what's the standard. There's gotta be a precedent in place for this. And also, I mean, I agree with you. I think that there should be some sort of like partial coverage, um, you know, post retire, especially if they retire with the UFC, like, you know, yeah. if, they, if they get, you know, get kicked out of the promotion, that's a different story. But, um, but yeah. And I, I wonder if this is, is, has there ever been talk of like UFC fighters, like unionizing or something? Is that a thing? You would think they would, but I, I don't know. I think they, like, you know, they just have their managers. I, I You know, I don't think they have unionized. I, I, honestly, I just, I think the UFC just gets away with highway robbery on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you it's know. kind of interesting. It's, like, almost like they need a, a union or something to, like, represent them and, like, negotiate for these sorts of things. Well, um, when you got Ali Alabdazizi... Alab yeah. Disease, Allah disease, whatever his name is, something Ali disease. Anyway, Connor's manager. That's <laughs> no, not. That's not his manager. Oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, he hates that guy. They hate each other. Um, you know, he seems like a really sketchy guy too. So I don't know. Uh, just people like that in the in the whole fight business aren't. I don't think it's good for fighters. Yeah, I guess Gary V. Now that Vayner Sports is in the picture, all right, Gary, help us maybe out. They'll, maybe they'll make it. Maybe they'll make it happen. And maybe that's it too. Like maybe it's on like your management team or something. I don't, I don't know, but it's definitely a, an interesting debate. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, 
I guess we'll see how that progresses. Yeah, I, I don't like really. It, this is the kind of stuff that um, you know, beyond just fighter pay too. Like, it'll be interesting. I don't think it's anytime soon, but you know, like five, ten years from now, the bigger some of these other promotions get, and the more benefits like this that they start to offer, that's going to be a a major factor. I mean, when anytime you decide to leave your job or looking at other opportunities, one thing you always consider is like, what's the health benefits? You yeah. know. Yep. Um, so UFC fighters are no different. This is their job, you know? So yeah, yeah. very interesting. Once we have more competition from the other, you know, fight promotions, I think we'll see some improvements here because Dana's going to have to actually go and compete with another promotion to get good fights. Yeah. Right now it's, it's essentially, it's almost a monopoly, but, uh, yeah, basically, you know, speaking of monopolies, we got some interesting tech news to cover. We got a lot of tech news to cover. All right, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a nice yeah. Anyway, do you remember dialing up when we were kids? Man, that was oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. So speaking of monopolies, Apple, you know, not necessarily in the monopoly, but whoa, man, owning a major piece of the the tech market, um, introduced another Apple product as Apple as it can get. Um, and by that, I'm talking about the AirPods Max, their latest headphones option. So if you're not familiar with AirPods, they're these little guys right here. I'm not going to open them because they like to pair with my PC and it like screws up a lot of stuff. Um, but these are the original AirPods, little little wireless earbuds. They now have the AirPods Pro as well, which offer act offer active noise canceling and they a uh, little little bit better technology inside of them. But now they've come out with the AirPods Max. Um, I suggest you go and check out a photo of these things so you can see what they look like. Um, but let's just get this out of the way. They cost $550. All right. So see you later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm out. Um, you know, if you're expecting something that's easy on the wallet, you got to go find somebody else. Um, you know, so Apple already owns Beats by Dre. Right? They purchased Beats by Dre like a, five years ago or something. Um, and those are pretty premium most would say overpriced headphones for what they actually are. And now I've got something even more expensive. So these are wireless headphones, just like the AirPods are, but they're over the ear. So like these headset, this headset that you and I are wearing right now, they're over the ear. Um, they also include active noise canceling like the AirPods Pro do. They're wireless. They're made of uh, aluminum, The only the finest of aluminum. Aluminium. Um, Johnny Ives no longer with Apple anymore. So I'm not sure if that joke's even funny anymore because he was the one that you know, always narrated those videos. Um, something cool about them though, they have magnetic ear cups. So like, you know, these little leather pieces here, theirs are actually made of a certain kind of fabric, but they're magnetic. So if you ever need to replace them, you can just simply pop them off and put some new ones on. And I also offer them in different colors. So if you're somebody who likes to customize your stuff, you can buy extra sets of them and swap them how you like and put the different color cups on them. Um, but you know, they look great. Early reviews, not really reviews, but early like firsthand, you know, kind of feedback from the tech review community suggests that they sound pretty good also. For the price, it's kind of a weird middle ground. It's like they sound a little better than like what you get from like a prosumer sort of pair of headphones, but not as good as you would get from like pro level monitors, like studio level monitors when you're like editing video or audio. Um, so it's kind of a weird pricing segment, I would say, but some some qualms with them. They're definitely not perfect. Um, 
So for starters, if you guys are looking at the images of them or watching the videos, a number one fail to me is they don't fold up. Like most headphones, I'm sure if you took your headphones off right now, the pair, they probably fold up in some kind of fashion. Um, maybe yours don't. Mine actually these, don't either, but these cost like 30 bucks. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> these these cost like 600 when they came out. So, And they don't fold up? They're Sennheiser. What kind of garbage is that? They don't fold up? <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. I don't think any Sennheiser, they're the open-ear ones. I don't think any of them fold up. Oh, for, for, but it's, I think it's just for that brand. Yeah, maybe it's because they those are probably supposed to be like studio monitors. Also, they are. They are. Um, these are supposed. To, you're, these are for like they're open ear, right? So like if you sat next to me, you could hear what I am listening to. Yeah. So it's it's supposed to be for like the best the best quality. Yeah. Yeah. Best yeah. quality. You know, pinkies out quality. All those uh, audio files. Yeah, people Dude, listen I, to audio with their pinkies up. Oh my god, man! It's it actually does make a huge difference. I didn't realize it. Next yeah, time, I need, good. I was say I need to get a better pair of headphones. These are like thirty bucks. They're they're fine for what they were. Um, I actually have a pair at my office, which I haven't been to in like eight months of uh, Audio Technica's. Uh, I think they're called like the MX40s or something like that. Like like a hundred dollar hundred dollars. You know, yeah. pretty good, pretty good headphones, but they fold up. Um, you know, they're, they're meant to be traveled with. So the Apple headphones, they come with this weird little magnetic case. These don't fold up either. These are Bayer Dynamic. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. That's What's weird. going on here? Okay. Most, uh, and it could also be that they're not like wireless. I feel like most over-the-ear wireless headphones like Sony's and, and Beats and things like that, they fold up so you can put them in like a travel case and store them away a little bit more compactly. That makes um, sense. And they usually also have like charging cases that you put them in, they start to charge. There might be a little thing you have to plug in. But um, so speaking of cases, the AirPods Max come with this weird little leather like container thing. Like it's not even a case. The ear cups just kind of slide into it and then it kind of like folds a little flap over. And then you carry them around by the head strap on, on the headphones like a little mini purse. It's just super odd. And, uh, you know, I know I'm kind of flying through this pretty fast, but there's a magnetic piece on the leather case as well that when clasped shut in true Apple fashion, the headphones can sense that the case is closed and then it turns the headphones off. Hmm. That's one of the smart features that's built into it. But the question is, if you just set them down on your desk or you forget to put them in the case when you're done using them, then the battery is constantly draining. It does. There's no on off button. You can't turn it off without putting it in the case. Um, so if you decide to use a third-party case that doesn't have that sort of magnetic function, then the the the, Air, the, Air, uh, the AirPods Max are just never off. Um, super odd. So yeah. that's kind of the, all the weird feedback that they've gotten so far. I'll leave that up to you guys to go check it out and see what you think. But definitely not where I'd be spending my 550 bucks. Maybe maybe the AirPods Max too when they come out and add some refinements to it. Dude. Um, just for viewers out there, if if you're gonna if you're gonna spend five hundred and fifty dollars on Apple AirPods Max, please just go look at Sennheiser's website because you're gonna get like five times the quality for that yeah. price. Like you could buy a pair of Sennheiser, and Sennheiser's like the best in my yeah. opinion. You know, and I think a lot of people consider them the best. You could go buy a pair of like the best headphones there are, literally like. Their newest model that just came out is like six hundred dollars. You yeah. could just go get that. 
Yeah, definitely. I guess it all depends on your use case, right? Like these are wireless. If you want to travel around, if you're looking for something for the airplane, you know, if you, I'm sure the Sennheisers probably only come with a, a 3.5 millimeter jack yeah. or even a, whatever the other, what is it? Quarter inch jack or something. Like yeah. For actual like audio interfaces. Mine actually, I had to buy the, for this pair of headphones, um, I didn't realize it didn't come with a 3.5, so I had to actually order the adapter. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's all about the, your use case, but even if you do need something to travel with and you want something wireless, Bluetooth, I think most people recommend the Sony, um, I can't think of the model name. The head, headphone model numbers and names are so ridiculous. It's usually like three letters combined with like six numbers. <laughs> X X seven eight nine three. Z yeah. ZYX. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. Look them up right now. It's probably it's probably something like that. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, how do these w, people come up with this? WH1000 XM4s. I think most people just call them XM4s. But um, why wouldn't they give it like a fancy name like Sandcastle? <laughs> Sandcastle. Yeah, like like oh, come get the Sony Sandcastles. These are the yeah. best. You know. And then they come out with Sandcastle 2, right? Like, who knows? Yep. Yep. I agree with you, man. I don't I don't understand. Same thing with monitors. If you ever look yeah. for shopping for a monitor, they're all the exact same. It's just like letters and numbers. Like, man, you guys really wanted me to be able to remember this. Dude, when I ordered my monitor, it's the same SKU, but they sent me the 75 hertz. And I was like, what? It says online that it's 144 hertz. But it's the same skew, so I like looked up the skew and ordered it based on that. Oh, and it's no. and the skew is the same for the seventy five hertz and the hundred and forty four hertz. So you have to like get a magnifying glass out to find the fine print that says, Oh, this is this one and that yeah. one's that one. It's like, oh my god. You should have you should have complained. They might have sent you the, the right one for oh, the I same did. price. Oh I did. I got the right one. Nice, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Sent that sucker. Anyways. Sent that sucker back, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah, they make it so hard to buy monitors. Like the model numbers are so ridiculous. Um, yeah. GPUs. At least GPUs have some sort of like. Um, I That's don't know. the limit. That's the limit. Four numbers. Don't give me more than four numbers. <laughs> and it makes sense. They're like in series is too. Like you know, obviously the ten series, twenty series, thirty series. AMD's got a similar like sort of structure. Yeah, you've got the you know RTX and GTX. What is it? GTX? Yeah, GTX. RTX, GTX. But then yeah. you get like the 1060. But then they have the 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 1660. What's the difference between the 1060 and the 1660? Right. And then you got the 1440. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Math joke. <laughs> Math is difference. <laughs> what's the what's the plus of what's what's have you seen that movie what's idiocracy yeah what's yeah the, yeah what's the minus of 20 billion and 80 billion <laughs> it's like 30 billion frito yeah i like money oh. <laughs> dude that movie's hilarious anybody that hasn't watched it you must it's oh dude I, my brother and i if you get me and my brother in a room start quoting idiocracy one feature one quality of my brother i mean obviously i love him to death like he can quote movies like no one else i've ever met like you just name a movie if he's if he's seen it he can get he can rattle off at like five to eight quotes like in a second and i'm like how do you remember these things of all these movies it doesn't make any sense yeah 
Um, but yeah, leave me alone. I'm baiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta go watch it again. Yeah, oh, so good. Anyways, all right, man. Let's move on. We got some news, some stuff that's exploding. A lot of that's something else that appeals to the our ti- our tiny little male pea brains. We like things that go fast and things that blow up and two mm. two of those check this 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 item checks two of those boxes and loud noises did you see this yeah loud noises also no and i'm super surprised i didn't see this oh my gosh you got another youtube video i should have put a youtube video in here for you to watch this but how did i miss this i don't know man i think you, you said you've had a week so i mean that could explain it i guess um you should go watch this while i'm, while I'm talking about it but right. yeah SpaceX, one of the many companies owned by Elon Musk, launched another test flight um, this week of their Starship rocket. The SN8 is the, uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. Not test model, but... um, Prototype? Yeah, there you go. Prototype. It's the prototype of their Starship rocket, which, just to give some context here, the Starship rocket is what they're working on, designed one day to carry cargo and crew into orbit to the moon to Mars and beyond is what space SpaceX says. Um, and in the future, it will be able to carry up to a hundred tons of cargo and a hundred people into low earth orbit. Um, some specs about the ship. It's, I, I was looking this up before our episode here. It was, it's actually 59 feet high. And when I say high, I mean the payload height. So essentially if you're standing inside of it and you look straight up to the roof, it's 59 feet. So if you let's just pretend this uh this uh nothing let's just pretend this phone is a rocket ship when it goes up and it lays on its side and you're inside of here you're standing right here the roof is 59 feet above your head oh so so this that's four stories it's four this, stories high that's how big this is yes yeah so wait wide of this not thing, wide right not wide just tall. I guess, I mean, I guess if you're talking about it standing vertically, no, it's way taller than that. If it's standing vertically, it's like 200 and some, maybe like 500 and some, I don't remember. But when it lays on its side, you can imagine you're flying in space like this. You're standing right here. There's 59 feet between the Holy floor that you're standing shit. on. Holy shit. I can't even, I can't believe that. This yeah. thing's, this is like a little, it's like a little building. Yeah. Well, the plan is for it to carry a hundred people to Mars one day. This thing's um, huge, and it blew up. Oh my gosh! Massive. Yeah, so this was just the prototype. Um, it, it, I'm it, watching. So it. overall, the the test, you know, according to Elon Musk and SpaceX, was a success. Um, they successfully launched it into, you know, how I guess that's I'm not sure how when you get to actual orbit, but forty thousand feet. It um, completed its belly flop maneuver, is what they're calling it. Essentially, when it goes from going vertically straight up to laying on its side and kind of gliding. Um, and then it reorients itself vertically for landing. Um, so thrusters down. And uh, it descended to the launch pad, but a little bit too fast. It, it dropped a little bit faster than they were hoping. And some uh, some explosions in, in, ensued. I a very think, large explosion. I mean, I mean, it looks like it was like mostly successful, right? I feel like yeah. they just needed to do that little twisty-do. A little bit earlier. That's all. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why it's so hard. Like, I mean, clearly, just as it's landing, just turn the power knob a little bit more. So it just it doesn't take up rocket science. It's easy, right? Like, I mean, I can, I can fly spaceships on my keyboard. So, like, what's I don't understand. Yeah, dude. If you can, if you can <laughs> screw in a light bulb into an outlet, then you can figure this out. 
Come on, okay. you can land a rocket ship. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. Pay attention. Uh, but Jeez. no, yeah, I mean, so my thought immediately went to how much money, how much money, speaking of love and money, what's a minus of SpaceX Starship? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is a SpaceX minus a Starship? What is yeah. that? So it turns out, um, there's no factual, like hard number, concrete number that I could find. Um, but it's in the hundreds of millions. We'll just say that. What? Hundreds of millions. Yeah. So, so he was just like, let's go, uh, you know, let's go have some fun. Let's go, uh, you know, let's go blow up some, let's go blow up some rockets, you know? Be cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is what you have to go through in order to have a successful, you know, working rocket one day. You have to do these tests, obviously. And Does... uh, yeah, it just happens to cost m- hundreds of millions of dollars to just test it it was supposed to land i mean the idea of these rocket ships as we we all probably know by now is that they're all reusable so essentially they land these these spaceships or whatever you want to call them starships back on the landing pad and they can reuse the entire thing obviously they have to put like new boosters on it yeah actually you know what even the boosters i believe um and please don't take all this for my word. Go and do your own research. But the <laughs> boosters themselves, like after they get to a certain point, they fall off. And I believe those themselves actually land back down on Earth, you know, on on the launch pad. And they reuse the boosters as well. So Elon's just like, you know, you guys don't understand how this works. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't understand how something that's, you know, can't just like land again. What? Yeah, I, I, it's 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 all so mind blowing to me, man. It's, I don't uh, I don't get it, dude. What I just saw on the screen, I thought I would never see. How did this like, like, how did it go from being like vertical to horizontal, or how did it go from being horizontal to vertical again? Like that was. It's all about them thrusters, bro. Dude, I went to school for the wrong thing. Right. I should have went to school for the thrusters. You know, it's hilarious if you go and look at their website. Like, there's a paragraph. I'm going to read this paragraph verbatim here. It's talking about this this spaceship that... I keep calling it a spaceship. This uh, starship that exploded. Once it's completely built and ready, it's about it going to Mars. So it says, Starship will enter Mars's atmosphere at 7.5 kilometers per second and decelerate aerodynamically. The vehicle's heat shield is designed to withstand multiple entries, multiple entries into Mars's orbit is what they're saying but given that the vehicle is coming into mars's atmosphere so hot we still expect to see some uh i've never heard ablation ablation of the heat shield similar to wear and tear on a brake pad the engineering video below simulates the physics of mars entry for starship so like they're not saying like we hope that one day it's like nah dude this thing is going to enter mars's atmosphere uh, at this speed and it's gonna have this much heat, and it's gonna land this way. It's like, dude, they're like, they're ready for this. They're basically there. You know what I have to say about that? No. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that in our lifetime. I mean, I think they're talking about like getting to Mars like within the next decade or so. Um, now taking people to Mars is a whole completely different story. Dude, I don't know that in our lifetime we'll ever see that. Don't take me to Mars. Just. Make some like little antibody robots that like cure all the diseases so that we can just stay alive for another 200 years to see like light speed happen. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'm still, I'm still banking on the alien technology being discovered in the next couple of years. And then we figure out anti-gravity 
um, propulsion systems and we figure out the meaning of life and dark matter and yeah, you know, all of our problems disappear. So anyways, we got a lot more stuff to cover. So let's get go. Let's move on to some other rich people. We're almost at the top of our hour. So let's (laughs) let me cruise through these next uh, two segments. Um, So we got Google and Red Bull uh, launching an AR enhanced on demand video experience. Like, you know, they don't have much money, right? They're like startup companies. Um, Yeah. 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 So they they partnered together because they figured, you know, why go it alone when you can we can do it together. So they launched this brand new AR enhanced on demand video experience. and it followed a uh, Canadian-born climber and paraglider, two things that I don't want to do, um, <laughs> Will Gadd, as he scales legendary ice caps of the Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in an effort to show devastating impact, the devastating impact of climate change on the rapidly changing environment. So, hmm. um, you know, that's just like a summary of it, basically. So um, you can download this Red Bull TV app, all right? um on your phone just it's literally just called red bull tv red bull tv ios android whatever you got you can download it you scan it on your tv while watching the film um and you know one thing i didn't i just realized is i don't know how to watch the film it didn't say where to watch the film on so look that up i'll have to look it up too yeah i just i wasn't even thinking about it i just realized that so uh it's i mean it's probably on youtube at, at a minimum um, so you scan the TV while watching the film to unlock the content on your on your you know phone, um, and so the the it's basically just called AR Pioneer, and it's um, I'm no I'm sorry it's the company is a pioneer. Their name's Eye Candy Lab. They're the ones that put this all together, this AR stuff together. So good on them. Um, the app uses computer vision technology to recognize what's happening on the screen and deliver. Um, AR content, including memories and photographs of Gad. So, so what's going on here with with this uh, mountain climber? Um, back in 2014, he went and did this climb. He went and climbed count, not count Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh. and took photos and memories, and you know, had a good time doing it all. Uh, but he noticed even back then things weren't looking so good. Uh, a lot of uh, erosion and ice erosion and you know, it, it, it didn't look right. So uh, six years later, he's back climbing it again. He already cl- he climbed it earlier this year and took a lot more photos. So the video is basically just a 45-minute documentary, uh, short film, I should say, um, about his visit back to showcase all of the changes. Um, you know, so that's great. The AR content, really what it's all about is showing you the before pictures of it. So the, the film is the, what it looks like today. And then you use the AR content to see what did it look like, you know, back then. Um, okay. You know, so I think, you know, I think it's pretty cool. Um, certainly not the most like unique or craziest thing we've ever heard of about AR content, but it's a nice use case of, of AR content that, mm-hmm. that we can see. Um, so I like that a lot. And, uh, you know, another cool thing is um, actually today, uh, Gad went to the UN and spoke with the UN um, as uh, part of International Mountain Day. So happy Mountain Day uh, to you, sir. Nice. I thought at first that said International Mountain Dew Day, and I got really excited. 
Oh um, man, don't don't bring them into the mix. This is all about Red Bull, man. They have to get into the fist, fisticuffs talking like that. Same company, right? Are they same company? Probably. Is Red Bull? No, I think I don't it, know. Ma- Mountain Dew is owned by Coca Cola. I thought it was Pepsi. Mountain Dew? Yeah. Maybe it is Pepsi. I don't know. Totally off topic though. This is really cool. Cool for this Gad dude. I'm glad for Gad. Um, glad for Gad. You know, not really sure <clears throat> who decides to climb mountains more than once. But uh, sounds like he probably carries his paraglider up there and cruises his way back down after he's gotten to the top. So that's cool. How do you like? <clears throat> but how do you justify? I know we're like running out of time, but like, this how is do you, fun. How do you justify just like, you know, uh, bye mom, bye wife, <laughs> bye kids. Yeah. See you in like three months. I'm gonna go climb a mountain. Just because um, I can. You know, showing off my skills. No, I don't got to work. I, I don't got to work for the next three months. Let me just go climb a mountain. You know. Yeah, it's a good point, man. I mean, not to get too off topic here. I actually just listened. To, I w- I want you, Reese, to go and watch the show alone on Netflix, season six. It's the only season they have up there right now. You and Stephanie, that's the that's your watching homework. It's sure. a survival show. Um, I'm not going to okay. spoil it for you, but one of the guys on the show, I listened to an, an interview with him on Joe Rogan's podcast from about like, I think it was like six months ago or something. Good that's what he talks Jogan. about. Yeah. Like he, he was talking about how this is a, this guy is like a survivalist. Like that's one of those things he does. He goes out in the woods like for a month at a time and just lives out there by himself. Naked and afraid. I think it's just, I think it's just about like connecting with nature and I'm sure climbing is probably the same way. It's like number one, accomplishing something you're setting out to do, climbing this ma- monster mountain. And also just like escaping the realities of world of of the world for a little bit and yeah reconnecting with yourself and nature and all that good stuff. But anyways, yeah, man, I think that's a cool that's a cool use case for AR. Um, I bet I bet that'd be a badass VR experience. Like if right. there was uh you know if he was, I'm not sure how they would produce that, but um, yeah. But that's where I was. That's where I thought we were going with when I read the headliner. I was like, "Oh shit! This is gonna yeah. be awesome in VR. I'm gonna be on Mount Kilimanjaro. There's gonna be like all kinds of cool stuff." And it's like, and I started reading. I was like, "Ah, not quite no, as cool. Not as cool. Still cool. Still cool. Yeah, yeah. You ever heard of grounding? No. It's like that whole like getting connected with nature thing where you like take your feet off and you just go walk around on the grass. Take your take your shoes off. Is that what I said? Yeah, you shoes. Take your feet shoes. off. Yeah, shoes. That's what I meant. Take, you know, <laughs> so you just your... walk around with no no shoes on. Yeah, you just go stand on the grass. They call it grounding. Like so many people are just like, you know, either in their car or they, they go straight from, you know, they go straight from their car to the building that they're going into or back into their home, and they never, you know, take their shoes off and go touch the earth. It's a very good point. And they say it's got like you know some positive qualities to it it's got like a calming kind of factor to it and it helps you soothe your brain and help you uh relax so interesting yeah i don't know if there's any science behind it but all those you know hippy dippies are out there doing it so yeah i'll be right back i'm gonna take my shoes off and walk in the grass really quick you know what guys we'll be right back just you know just stick around we're gonna go (laughs) all right we're back it's been been one of those (laughs) yeah it's been one of those days where like, I would go walk outside. It's, it's dark outside. The first step I'd take would be like in a giant pile of dog That's poo. exactly what I <laughs> All right. This is not what I wanted it to be. A fresh steamer. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, 
Real quick, I'm not going to get into this one too much, but Facebook went ahead and slashed the price on their Oculus Rift S uh, by $100. When it came out in March 2019, it was $400. Now it's $300. I got it here sitting next to me. It's a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. It's gone. It had some exclusive titles such as Asgard's Wrath and Vader Immortal, uh, which is a trilogy. Um, you know, and when it came out, it was, you know, it was pretty revolutionary. It was a jump forward in both display resolution, room scale tracking. Um, you didn't need, uh, external sensors and the, uh, motion controllers, uh, were tracked and they came with the, they came in the box. So that was great. Um, uh, but you still needed a fancy computer, of course. Uh, but anyway, there's been a recent choice to kind of shelf this, uh, product line. Um, and it likely won't be getting any cheaper, um, until, yeah the rift s is discontinued in 2020 so um you know i'd say you know buy it for 300 dollars now wait a couple years you might be able to get it for a hundred dollars or something like that or it'll turn into like this like i don't know nostalgic item where it's like gonna be like a thousand dollars i doubt that so yeah yeah, you know uh, you could probably wait honestly you could buy the 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 quest that just came out for um it's like the I same think, price, right? It's it's the same price, and all you have to do is spend a little bit of extra money to get like a connection cable, and then yeah. you can just plug it into your computer anyway. But the, the good thing about the Quest is you can unplug it and just like walk around with it. You just can't play all the, you can't play all like the, you know, the super duper games, you know, right, like right. you can on the on the Rift. Um, I like the Rift; it's it's nice. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say, guys. It's a hundred dollars off. You know, if you want to go buy it for a hundred dollars off. You'll probably have some fun with it. I've had some fun with it, you know, or just wait for the next best thing. I don't think the VR space is like perfect yet. Personally, yeah. I'm going to wait for that HP device to come out because they, I think it's HP, right? You remember I talked about it on the show like not too long yeah, ago? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was called now. Was reverb? To see. Yeah, there you go. It was the reverb. Was HP reverb. Yeah. yeah, the HP reverb, I'm pretty sure. Guys, just wait for that one to come out because that's like next, that's like, you know, that's, that is going to be yeah. Anyway, that's going to be awesome. <clears throat> Should try that one out. All right, man. That's it for tech. Um, I got a little bit of cyberpunk news. So let me talk about that real let's, quick. Let's get into it. Boom. Nice and quick transition. That's the quickest transition we have. It's like, do, 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 do. And that's it. I Done. know. We need to make more of those. Heck yeah. Um, so like right in the line with uh, VR, right? Cyberpunk 2077 VR. Can you play oh. it in VR? Nah. Just kidding. <laughs> Dang, man. You have my hopes up. You can't. You can't. But somebody's going to mod it out eventually. Of course. Yeah. And CD Projekt Red doesn't have any interest in doing VR right now, although it's like a freaking awesome game and everybody wants it in VR, you know, that has a VR headset at least. But yeah, they, they came out and said, yeah, sorry for your luck. Um, we're not really interested in doing that at this time. we got other priorities to take care of. Maybe later on down the line, who knows? But um, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could still play it in VR. Um, with a well, you could play it with a VR headset on. It's just going to be like a flat screen inside yeah. your VR headset, which you need an app to do that. So, That'd be more more immersive, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Probably might be a little bit more immersive. But you know what's really cool to see is after eight years of development, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven made a profit on day one. That means they covered That's their so whole insane. cost, all of their costs from development, marketing, you know, all of that stuff over the past eight years, it paid off in one day. Can you wow. fucking believe that dude? That is That's crazy. Mind blowing, dude. 
So I'm going to read a little bit of a, a blurb. Um, this is going to be a little bit more technical sounding, um, a little bit more financial sounding because it's like the official one. So um, let me just go ahead and say it and then I can break it down a little bit. The management board of CG Project SA with a registered office in Warsaw, uh, here and to refer to as the company. That's just like mumbo contract mumbo. Legal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hereby announces that the estimated licensing royalties um, basically is just refers to like money being made receivable, licensing royalties receivable, which is basically just like money that they're making mm-hmm. by the company in association with pre-order sales of Cyberpunk 2077 across all of its digital distribution channels, just like you know Best Buy and all those places that are selling it, have exceeded the sum of the following. All right, so here we go. Total development expenditures related to the game, so it's just all the cost related to developing it, and the game's marketing and promotional costs borne by the company, either already incurred or anticipated for the remainder of 2020. So that's just all of their marketing and promotional costs. Right. From beyond and now until the end of 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020 and beyond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's... uh, it's pretty substantial. So, like, you know, what does this mean in terms of like dollars and whatnot? Well, first off, roughly they had eight million pre-orders. It's the biggest PC launch in history. There was more than one million concurrent players on Steam when it launched, oh which is a gosh. which is a new record for a single-player game, which is just unheard of. Um, you know, so CD Projekt hasn't publicly announced figures, but like. You know, you do a little bit of digging. Here we go. Q3, their earnings presentation um, had them um, starting uh, 2018 with uh, 111 million, right, in in development expenditures. So that's from the start of 2018. So, like, I'm not sure what it was before that, but that's the start of 2018. So the studio also said through its investor relations Twitter account that the revenues from Steam alone surpassed 50 million more than two weeks prior to release so just on pre-orders they were making 50 million that's two weeks prior to release i mean this really doesn't help us too much but we know that we have a starting number right a hundred and a hundred and sixty one million which it's probably like it's probably a lot more than that it's it's probably like 200 million i feel like right Uh, you know maybe a little bit more than that but i I feel like 200 to 300 million is probably a good range where this would have sat so that means they probably made at least 200 million on day one can you fucking believe that mind-blowing dude i mean good for them it's been hyped up for so long and they've been working on it for so long it's finally out there you know bugs and all hopefully the uh, patches are coming soon i've heard that there's heard that there's some issues um but uh, I'm excited to play it, dude. I, I was kind of bummed out to, to find out that it didn't have a multiplayer at launch. But now that I'm looking at these numbers, what did, what did you say? One million concurrent players on Steam when it launched. Can yeah. you imagine if there was a multiplayer component? Like the servers would have been like destroyed. Oh, just yeah. completely demolished. Yeah, all of the Amazon web servers across America would just have blown up all at once. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they're going to use AWS, but maybe the, the, the government's like, Hey, listen guys, um, you know, it's Christmas time and we can't have you crashing all of AWS. So we're going to need you to, to pull that multiplayer support. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, man, that's just, that's just mind blowing. That's crazy. I mean, it's cool to see that happen because you, you got to figure how many people are employed 
in, in, and involved in making that game. Obviously, they've probably been getting paid along the way, but um, now yeah. they can go out and as the money continues to roll in, especially through the holiday season, man, just imagine, you know, this time in a few months, who knows? Could be could be double, triple the revenue just because people are buying the game for the holidays. Oh, um, yeah. They better be giving out some bonuses. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Have you bought it yet? No, I um, I'm probably gonna buy it tomorrow, actually, yeah. and um, play it with my wife for the first time. We're gonna sit downstairs and and uh, go through the story mode and and all that, you know, uh, good jazz. Um, you'll be able to play it too. I don't think you'll be able to play it on the tw- on the 1060. Um, oh, really? No, I don't think you'll be able to. I don't. I, I think I'll probably just be able to support it, and then when you install your new graphics card. Um, you'll probably be able to just barely support it as well. Cause from, from what I've heard is you kind of need like top of the line graphics card, not, not support it. What I'm trying to say is support it at like high graphics levels and still get like 30 to 60 frames per second. Like we will probably have to run it on like medium and keep it at like 30 frames per second. Dang. Well, the good news is my monitors are 1080. Actually the, Yeah. The the AAC that I have is 1080 at 60 frames, or no, actually this is 100. And, is it 144? I think it's actually 144 hertz. But I think because my other monitor is only 60, yeah. it doesn't let me push it right all the way. Yeah, um, so you're so. only running at 60, but at, at 1080 you'll have a better chance. I got to I'm I'm gonna try yeah, and 2K, run it at right? 2K, but it's you know, and then trying to run it on the TV downstairs, which is a 4K. I mean. Good luck. Yeah. Let's see. If, <laughs> I'm going to try and stream it from this computer down to my other computer downstairs as well. So, I mean, we got a lot of barriers to success. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, dude. Yeah. Uh, I wish it was multiplayer because it's like, that's why I enjoy playing games so I can like communicate with people. You They're going to do so. it. It's in development. Um, give it six, six months to a year and uh, I'm sure they'll throw it out there because a game like that, I mean, come on, dude. You gotta be able to experience it with people. Yeah, there should well, they should just have two modes. There should be the single player mode or the online mode. But yep. like, make sure that online mode is like work all the kinks out. And I mean, it's a bit. I do honestly, I haven't looked at the game that much. But I mean, it's big open world, right? Like city landscapes and and stuff like that. Like very reminiscent of GTA, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like my my gripe with GTA, and I mean, obviously that game is like. 10 plus years old at this time at this point gta 5 um the online mode is so slow dude like finding a lot finding a lobby and this is for my xbox not even for my computer finding a lobby getting into a game like takes forever like fine it's just crazy Um, and then people mod it beyond belief and and do crazy stuff so like it's if you it's like almost impossible to stay alive in the online multiplayer mode so hopefully they can figure that out at the beginning, but yeah, I'm excited. I just want to see the landscapes. I want to see that the vehicles and weapons look awesome, dude. The, the graphics, the, the 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 motion capture, all of that just looks amazing. I want to it, play as. Can I play as Keanu Reeves? Nah, he's a he helps you out though. You, Dang I mean, it. you could you could model your character after Keanu Reeves, and you can tell everybody that you're playing as Keanu Reeves. I mean, <laughs> you know, do you, man? Wait, is yeah. this the game that? Well, what was the we talked about this like in an early episode where you could like modify like some really crazy oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. 
Ask me about my winner. <laughs> Another great movie. Dude, I was watching a uh, gameplay video with my wife. And like five minutes into the gameplay, this guy's like looting. He's like searching around and he finds a studded dildo. Oh, my God. Just like laying around and he he picked he it up and he was like, he was like, did that say studded doorknob? And then he was like, oh, I misread that. <laughs> Whoops. Can you like beat people with that thing? I don't know. He didn't even he didn't even like go any further into it because he was probably trying to keep it like PG. He's like, all right, let's put that down and move away. All right, children. This is a family show. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> look the other way. Earmuffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, dude. I'm excited. Um, good for them making all that money. But uh, I think uh, speaking of video games, man, I think you and I are about to get into some video game action. Pew, 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 pew. Let's do it. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. So, yeah, thank you guys all for tuning in to episode 44 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. We appreciate you guys coming and checking us out, giving us a listen. Make sure you go and follow us on all of the socials, Instagram, twitter facebook youtube all the places and really quick before we close out the show i do want to mention i should have mentioned this at the top of the show actually we're currently running a fundraiser we've partnered up with a bunch of other podcasters um it's called casting for a cause we're raising money for the salvation army you can find that uh link to donate on our instagram page Um, just click the link in our bio We'll also leave a link to it down in the YouTube description and the podcast description as well. Um, right now, I think we've raised like $450 and that's going to go and help people who are struggling. You know, obviously it's 2020 has been a rough year for people who can't work and going to be hard for some folks to uh, provide gifts for their kids and things like that. And, um, you know, for those of us who have been able to continue working throughout the p- pandemic, uh, you know, it'd be nice to kind of give back to those who have been a little bit more impacted by this whole situation. Um, so if you'd like to donate, we'd really appreciate it. And again, that's casting for a cause. We're running it through GoFundMe and all the funds will be automatically donated to Salvation Army. Won't touch our hands, won't touch the hands of any other podcaster. Once the campaign is over, automatically ports over to Salvation Army. And uh, yeah, we appreciate anybody's support. But other than that, man, I think uh, I think it's about time we call it a call it an episode. Let's. That's it. So guys... I did you already? I don't think you said this or not, but please like and subscribe on YouTube, and also subscribe on your favorite podcast player if you really want to help us grow. Share this episode with a friend, family member, dog, cat, turtle. <laughs> Go tell the trees outside, right? Yes, um, yes. But yeah, donate, guys. It's fun. Donating is good. All right, guys. Until the next one. See you later. See you.